What's happening, people out there? I'm Alex Safey. I'm here with my brother, John. Welcome to Double Take. Let's go Heat. Go Heat. We're in the WZBC Sports Radio studio. We got a great show planned today. A lot of fun things to talk about. We are very excited, obviously, because the Miami Heat just pulled off a nice win at home without Justice Winslow and Goran Dragic versus the Bulls Let's in go, overtime. And heat. more importantly, as we are approaching the NFL playoffs, it's great to see the Patriots lose. What's that now? The, the Patriots are now Chiefs. 0-3 against real NFL teams? Yeah. Wow. Love that stat. It's probably my favorite stat of the uh, <laughs> night. Anyway, great show plans today. We're going to get into some. Our, we're going to give our, you our top five NFL teams, our power rankings. Then we're going to jump to our 10 takeaways from the first 20 games of the NBA season. Roughly 20 games, about one-fourth one of the fourth way. one-fourth of the season right, right And then we're going to get into the... NBA MVP uh, ladder, which we've been going through every week. Right now, we'll see. Uh, there's a few sleepers we got in there, but we'll we'll get to that in a bit. And of course, we'll first off, wrap the show up with safe safe bets. Also, with our safe bets of the week. But first off, our top five teams in the NFL going into for the Super Bowl so far. Number five, Alex. Who do you got? I got. Give a huge shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs, Woo! number fifth team. For our power rankings today, obviously we just Sorry, Patriots we fans. just all saw. Right now we're taping this. It's uh, Sunday night. Um, we just saw Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the Kansas City Chiefs take down the Patriots, snapping their twenty-one game win streak at home. So, um, also another stat of the night was Mahomes is the first quarterback under twenty-five to win versus the Patriots in Foxborough. So. Little interesting thing, but not going just so good. Talking about the Chiefs, good to see that Mahomes um, is back healthy. This is they're starting to look after this win tonight. They're looking like the team that you know I think we thought that they could be um, yeah. until Mahomes went down a couple games with his injury this year. Yeah, listen, I mean they're they're still they're still they've been injury plagued all year and their their record isn't incredible. I believe they're only uh, they're about nine and four right now. The Pats are ten and three, so they're one game behind the Pats for the two seed. I mean I just don't see the Pats. Losing that two seed right now. The, the past the rest of the year are playing, you know, an easy schedule. Kind of like the first half of their schedule. They got the Bengals, the Dolphins again, and, and the Bills. But uh, at number four, I got the Saints because they just got edged out today. Barely in that incredible game versus the 49ers, who are, spoiler alert, coming in at number three for us. But the Saints so far, I mean, Drew Brees today had six touchdowns. Going into this game, I'm sure a lot of the fantasy owners who had Drew Brees might have benched him, um, like somebody that I was playing in the playoffs, uh, thank God, this this week. Um, <laughs> How many points but, did he have on the bench? But Brees had 40 points on the bench. Ooh. So he's, you know, he's about, I think he's 40 years old now, so that's 40 points for number 40. But uh, the Saints look great, but they're slightly, I got to give them the slight edge to the 49ers above them for the number three spot. So, Alex, go ahead. Number three, the Niners, obviously today, they pulled off, I think it's, this is definitely their signature win of the season. Early in the season, they had, you know, a schedule that wasn't, you know, all that. It wasn't super tough or anything. So there was definitely some doubts. But, you know, after that Week 10 overtime loss to the Seahawks, and then even they, uh, they lost that close game to the Ravens last week, losing to, the, to those 
Yeah, that, off field that goal game-winning by, field goal by for Tucker. the Ravens. But um, after losing those two close games, to, those are two of the best teams in the NFL. Was, people kind of question, okay, how good are these Niners? And I think this win today was huge. You know, it's for, for Jimmy G to perform the way he did. Yeah, I think he had four touchdowns. Kittle with that unreal play at the end. Yeah. He really saved the game for them because it was He's a huge four you know, yards after the, after the catch, guys. Yeah. So, uh, for Kittle, I mean, that was huge. And then, of course, you got to shout out their kicker, Robbie Gold, for he, you know, he grabbed the right. lead right as the clock went to zero. So yeah. that's their number three. At team. number two, I got the Seattle Seahawks. Once again, you know, with, with our two, three, four, we got the Seahawks, Niners, and Saints at those spots. And I give the Seahawks the slight edge over the Niners because they won head to head. And I, I think because of that, right now, they look like they have a pretty good chance if they can, you know, win the rest of the season and keep at least the same record as the Niners, they're going to keep that two seed, which seems very unfair considering that the Dallas Cowboys right now are going to, you know, have a higher seed than the 49ers, uh, even though they have a four, uh, I'm sorry, a six and seven record, right? Because mm-hmm. of the way that the playoffs work in the NFL. Yeah. But uh, I give the Seahawks the sliders. They've pulled out a lot of close games. Russ Wilson's been incredible. Yeah. And, uh... You know, it's, you thought they'd miss Doug Baldwin a lot more coming into the season, For but sure. they've been looking uh, really good even without him. And lastly, at number one, no surprises here, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, well, you know, we've talked a lot about them yeah, this year, and, and obviously they're 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 the controlling the narrative in the NFL this season with Lamar just you know dominating. He's on. He's doing Michael Vick, you know, with his own style. You know, yeah, even he's, better. He's looking even better than him. But actually, you know, so. The Ravens are the number one pick, and t- today they beat the B- Buffalo Bills, which is actually a close game. The Bills have, you know, had some, some they've pushed some good teams to oh, this their limits. Fun. The Bills, so, right now, as before today, before their game today, the Bills were in control of their destiny um, to get the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. Yeah. If they had beaten the Ravens and beaten the Patriots and won out, then they would have the, uh, the number one seed, which... Obviously, it was very unlikely, but it's hilarious to see. You know, a lot of Bills fans were just thankful to be going to the playoffs. And, you know, they were here sitting in a spot where they could have potentially had the one seed, which obviously they lost now by one touchdown. Yeah, today. but speaking on something that you said earlier, you said you probably think that the Pats, there's no way they don't, you know, get a bye. I wouldn't sleep on the Bills because the Bills early in the season, we saw um, the it Patriots. It was a close game. But it was a close game. And what happened in the end was that that dirty hit on... Um, on Allen, and he went out for the he went out right. for the rest of the game. That's they true. had their backup quarterback Matt we'll Barkley see. come in, and he obviously wasn't going to do anything for them. So that was pretty much the right. game. That was within a t- they were within a touchdown. If they had their first string quarterback, who knows what would have happened? You know. So um, I'm actually pretty excited for that game. It's not next week, but the week after next the week. The only problem with this game though is that it's going to be in Foxborough. Yeah, so, so definitely going to be tough. The Bills, but if they were going to be ever. able to pull off an upset win against the Pats, it was going to have to be. Yeah, in that's true. But I'll never count them out, man. I'm gonna be rooting for them in two weeks anyway. I'm a, I'm a, I'm officially a Bills fan for this next. Yeah, two weeks. listen, go Bills right now. <laughs> we want, we want them to be, take the Pats out. Yep. Anyway, that's all the NFL we're gonna talk about. Now jumping to the NBA, the association, baby. We're all a right. fourth of the way through. Here are our first. These are our ten takeaways from the first twenty games of the season. Coming in at number one, I got the league is better without the Warriors. Ooh. And what I mean by that. If you just look at the top ten teams so far, and uh, you know in the NF, uh, in the, I'm sorry, in the NBA right now, you know at the top from the top down, we got the Bucks, the Lakers, the Celtics, Mavericks, Heat, Raptors, Nuggets, Clippers, Sixers, and Rockets. When you look at those ten teams, I legitimately see you know ten teams that are contending that that want to legitimately you know have a shot to make it to the finals. And last year, 
I don't think for the past five years, how about that? I don't think that was really, you know, legit. There might have been one or two teams. Obviously, the Rockets could have, you know, slid in there had they beaten the Warriors. But without, you know, this Goliath of a team, uh, this dynasty uh, in the NBA anymore, it really opened up the league. And I just think so far, the first 20 games in, the first thing that I'm thinking about when I'm looking back on the those 20 games is how much fun this, uh, you know, how much fun the league has been without the Warriors. And now that they're... The worst team in the NBA right now. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? And adding to that, um, there's definitely two parts of me that are excited to see the Warriors, you know, really be just awful this year. <laughs> Actually, there's three. One, Everyone as a fan, on as right just now. a fan of the NBA, I'm happy that there's more parity in the league. The second part is, as a Warriors hater, I'm glad to see that they are five and nineteen, literally the worst team in the NBA. Actually, the Knicks are worse, I think. But nah, but you know what? Second worst. And then the third, as a Boston College student, I'm happy that them being so awful is giving Kai Bowman an opportunity True. to prove himself on the professional level. Kai's so. going to make it. Yeah. Mark my words. I, yeah, I really do believe he in him. He will play a solid career in the NBA as a role player. He, he's, been, he's been really yeah, good. I like Kai. Look All right, Alex. This. Number two. Our, our second takeaway. Take um, this kind of goes a little bit to the idea of parity. The top of the East is a little bit different than we expected. And when I say that, I mean, coming into the season, the two teams that everyone was really talking about, John, was the Bucks and the Sixers. And then it was kind of everyone below Which them. Which seems so whack looking back on well, it. Well, I'm going to be, I'm going to toot my own horn. I was not really buying into the Sixers. And maybe I probably said that on the show at that, at that I time. I just thought it'd be the Bucks, but after last year, what they lost. And then, you know, we talked about it on the show. I, I didn't think they'd be able to make it back after losing Brogdon. I thought it'd be a big deal. And I looked at the Sixers roster and... I guess I thought that they'd be great, but I mean, right now it makes sense. I mean, listen, like they 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 just lost the other night to you know who was the Wizards. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Wizards yet, you know, last night. So yeah. I think the Sixers. I think they're one of the of the top ten teams. I think they're the team that probably loses the most to not great teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also the thing is that you know obviously people thought it was gonna be Bucks and Sixers. What it really is. is it's this is how kind of I see the landscape is the Bucks. You just have to favor them over everyone else because right now they're the best player in the conference in Giannis. And then after that, the Celts Heat, this the Celtics, the Heat, and the Raptors have been really surprising people. Um, yeah. The Raptors are actually on a little cold streak. I think they they just lost three straight. So now they're actually they below. just lost tonight to they the lost Sixers. tonight. So which are the Sixers? The Sixers that put the Sixers up to the fourth seed. Um, but the Raptors are really surprising to people, and we'll talk about the Celtics and Heat, but first let's get to the Raptors. Um, obviously, after losing Kawhi, no one really saw them as a team that could contend. Yeah, I mean, I, East. I was shocked even when that people had them, you know, in their projections as high as they were. I mean, you know, I thought they'd make the playoffs because the East is weak, mm-hmm. but I kind of felt that, you know, the Pacers and Nets would probably be better than them. Oh, I definitely but they came didn't. out and were looking like a team that could, you know, potentially win, yeah. have a two-seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And honestly, I credit a lot of it to Nick Nurse, the coach, who... For sure. You know, look... They got a great They just won staff. a title. It's so easy to just sit back. I mean, look at, like, a good example, um, you know, in NBA history is, like, the Dallas Mavericks in t- 2012. Or they the finally, yeah, they finally got they over won, that hump, and then yeah, they just They won their ring in 2011, and right at, you know, the next year, they just, you know, they mailed it, and they said, all right, we're going to let this... We're going to ride out this title wave and just enjoy it, but... But it's interesting, because I think... The Raptors, the Raptors they won. They were hungry. They, they won... So, obviously, you know, that was huge for them. 
But then they have enough young players. And then the fact that Kawhi left not only gave them opportunity, but I think it really fired them up. It fired up the Van Vliet's, the Siakams, even Lowry. Is having Lowry's production too. has jumped. He went from scoring 14 points a game last season. Now with a new opportunity, with you know your best player leaving, he's scoring 20 points. We've seen Van Van Vliet jump his, all his numbers. You're not a big Van, Lowry guy, but he's not, having good like season. So but I love their young dudes. I mean, like yeah, Siakam's, Look at how good Van Vliet's playing and how well uh, Siakam's Siakam. playing. It just it for those fans, it gives you hope for the future. And even like, Norman Powell, who's a guy who's like he's just been kind of true. He in my eyes, the heat yeah, last week. he's just been a guy on that team. From like in my eyes, he's he's been playing very well. Like like you said, he he was hurting us a lot when we played them yeah. uh, last week. But um, he's averaging 13 points this season on 47 percent shooting yeah. from the field and. Almost forty percent from the three yeah. point arc. So no, there is there have been good shooting, defense, and obviously they're improving yeah. their young guys. They they have the foundation of a championship team, and obviously you know their yeah. younger guys have been able to yeah they're actually take nice. to the next level. And also like you talked about, the Celtics and Heat are also overperforming. I don't want to talk about the Celtics now because we're gonna get to them in a bit. But I mean we talk about them every uh, every week. <laughs> yeah. But the Miami Heat, I mean it's so good to be a fan right now. Something I saw. Um, I think on Twitter yesterday, and honestly, right now we just won tonight, so now our record is seventeen and six. But before on Twitter, it said sixteen and six, and it showed the Heat's records through the first twenty-two games in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, the four seasons that we had LeBron, and I believe our record, our so our record was sixteen and six, and three out of those four years it was sixteen and six. And I think one out of the four years, it was worse, actually. Wow. So our, we're starting this season off as good as we have with during with the LeBron, LeBron James season. and Dwayne Wade and here's Bob. So listen, as long as we don't slow down, tonight, you know, it was a close one. But listen, you know, we almost lost to the Bulls. It was in overtime when we beat them. But at the end of the day, you but know. without justice we, and yeah, going, though. We, we didn't have Dragic. We didn't have justice. We, but we did pull out the win. And, you know, whether it was a, a close game or not, a win's a win. And I'll take That's it right true. now. We're, right now, we're 3-0 and in our overtime games. We have overtime... In Milwaukee, we beat the Bucks in uh, you know at home. We're their only loss at home. The Raptors, we were their first loss at home in the season. Since then, they they, um, they actually lost to the the Rockets. I think it might have been the second the night right after. Yeah, or two, they, it was their next game after we beat them. And then tonight they lost to the Sixers. But I think that was was that at I'm not sure. Uh, Philadelphia. And, uh, okay. You could check their record, but yeah. but yeah. So we were the first team to beat Milwaukee and uh, Toronto at home. And then on the next night, you know, we had Coach Spo had to fly back home because he was going to go watch um, the birth of his, I think, his son. So, yeah, his second son. His new son. I think it was Dante. Yeah, his yeah. newborn baby son. Um, but we, we, we went into Boston. And going into that game, we, were, we just beat the Nets. We just beat the Raptors. And that was a, our three-game road trip. Now, the second night of the back-to-back, and we're playing, uh, you know, the Boston Celtics, who've looked great so far. And... This is another stat, uh, I think a very telling stat for the Heat this year. We're 0-4 in our back-to-backs. We lost yeah. to the Sixers, second night of back-to-back. The Lakers, second night of a back-to-back. The, our Tim- we lost to the Timberwolves. Without, we didn't have Butler that night, and that was the second night of a back-to-back. And again, like I just said, um, to the... Uh, who was it? Um, Who'd you say? Sixers? Oh, to the Celtics. Celtics, yeah. So now those are our four losses, um, four of our six losses currently, and um, I'm, I'm I'm impressed. I love I love what I'm seeing. I'll take it. We had six yeah. losses right now. We're looking great, and they're all against playoff teams. They're all against contenders. Well, not contenders. Aside from Minnesota, they're all against contenders. Well, Minnesota also was. I don't want to say it was a fluke, but we we didn't have Jimmy and Andrew Wiggins just went off. But yeah, it's a well, fluky win. What I'll say about the back to backs is. 
you know, good teams win back-to-backs in the regular season, or great, great teams, whatever it is, you know, great teams will win those games. However, there's no back-to-backs in the playoffs, which I think is good. And we're another huge, you know, advantage for us is we're undefeated at home right now. We're 10-0 at home. Yeah. So we've been great at home. We've been very good on the road. We got to work on back-to-backs, but I mean, right now, yeah, very se- promising so 17 far. 17 and 6. Right now, we're on a 60-win pace, which yeah. is, I, I do not expect the Heat to win. If we won 60 games, that would if be If we won 50 games, it would be That would be awesome. Great. If we can win 50, I would love to see it. Um, but right now, we're on a great pace. I think you know we'll hold it uh, down. Hopefully, we can do that for the rest of the season. But you can win a lot of games in the league if you beat the teams that are below five hundred, which we've done, and if you can win at home. And yeah. by doing that, you know we've put together a great team so far. And so just shout out Miami. You know Pat Riley putting this team together. Tyler Hero with a cold blooded three pointer to tie the game. Oh yeah, uh, to send it to overtime. Um, it was yeah, incredible. Bucket. All right, next up, number three and four on our list. Number three, the Clippers aren't a regular season team. And Number four, four, the Lakers are a regular season team. Which is surprising. Yeah. Looking uh, at, you know, after, I always, I was, for the rest of the season, I'm going to be haunted by that first show that we had where <laughs> I felt like such a prisoner of the moment. And listen, I mean, I, I was just calling what I saw and, and that's fine. But we, uh, I was very critical of, you know, just the rest of their players other than LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, looking at their team after they lost to the Clippers on that first night. And I was just worried going forward for LeBron. But I think it's good. They Listen, they have had a, a very easy schedule. They haven't played, you know, the Rockets yet. They haven't played I mean, the Clippers at full strength yet, which I, I would love to see. I need to see that. Um, but right now, you know, their three losses are against the Clippers, the Raptors, and Dallas. So three very good teams. Mm-hmm. Um but I'll just talk about the Clippers first, and then we can get more into the Lakers. So the Clippers are not a regular season team. Um, and what I mean by that is, if you look at Kawhi Leonard, their best player, you know, right now with the whole load management debacle that everyone's been, you know, weighing in on, how we feel about players taking off games when, you know, they're healthy. But the, it is good for their rest, right? I mean, Alex talked about that mm-hmm. um, on it's one valuable. of our past shows. Once you get to the playoffs. But if you look at Kawhi, looking at his growth and development as a player— where did he start his career? The San Antonio Spurs, who are the ultimate, you know, we don't care about the playoffs. We're going to beat you. You don't care about the regular season. I'm sorry. Season. We don't care about the regular season. We're going to beat you on the road in the playoffs. You know, they don't care that much about home court advantage. And we've seen that before. You know, they want, they'll, they'll go on the road and they'll win games in the playoffs. And that's just who they were. You know, Greg Popovich would rather have a healthy team than, um, than have home court advantage. Yeah. And um, if you look at what, who, the team that he was with last year, I mean, I picked the Bucks to win the finals last year going into the playoffs. I thought they were going to make it out of the East. And, you know, they were more if you look at the Raptors, they were the low-key contender in the Eastern Conference yeah. behind Milwaukee, who had a 60-win season. You know, Giannis had his MVP season. And then guess who won four straight games against them in the playoffs? Yeah. The Toronto Raptors and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi. So they're a team that, they're gonna, you know, they'll sneak in, a, not, they'll sneak in you know, the top four. They'll be a top four, top three team, you know. They know that if they play the Lakers in the playoffs, it's not going to matter if they have home quarter. Yeah, I really because won't. it'll be an LA will have series. Seven games straight at which home. I don't, I don't, I wonder just because the fans. Go, I wonder if going into like like Kawhi choosing to go to play for the Clippers, you think he's thinking like, oh, you know, I'm going to have to go through the, the Lakers, and if I do, like we go through LeBron well, and the Lakers, like the. It's literally going to be seven home games for that. I mean, we've never seen well, a playoff series between the Clippers two and the Lakers. On that. It's going to be crazy. One, that's why I thought was so interesting about that first game is that I feel like once we saw that game happen, like a lot of things kind of presented themselves to us, which was, you know, 
the Lakers maybe not being as as an organization not being as good as the Clippers, but then just the fan bases not for the Clippers not being as good as the Lakers. Like yeah. even though we saw the, the Clippers look like they had a better bench, better put together team, better squad, better coaching. Um, despite that, mm, you know, more Lakers. There is more Lakers up. fans there. So there's that's there's that. But then I think also what's interesting about that is like you said, you know, since the, the Clippers aren't a regular season team. Um, it might not matter to them because they know when they get to the playoffs. Yeah, they 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 can they can go with anyone. They can run with anyone. They're yeah. They have as much talent as anyone does in in the NBA. And once you get to the playoffs, that might be all that really yeah. matters. Yeah, and the truth is, I I mean I hate to say this because I'm not holding the Clippers to the same standard as everybody else. But when I see that oh the Clippers lost to for example they lost to the Rockets earlier this season. You know I I don't like take it like oh the Rockets just leveled up on the Clippers. Like I look at that and I just kind of. To me, it's just like cause I think of the Spurs. You know, I think of like how the regular season just did not matter, and I, I see, like, you know, I see a regular yeah. season loss for them. I'm not judging them that way because I know like when we should judge them for real is come playoff time. And I know that you know right now I don't I don't anticipate that they will be the number one seed out uh, in the West. I would bet against it, but if I had to bet who would win, you know, the, who is going to come out of the West and make it to the finals, I would put money on. Um, the Los Angeles Clippers right now. Well, then the question becomes really when you talk about the regular season versus the playoffs is how much does the re- the Lakers regular season success actually mean? And I think for me, I will say I think it is promising because in the regular season there are certain stats that do matter once you get to the playoffs. For example, your offensive and defensive rating. The Lakers this year, um, their offensive rating is number three and their defensive rating is number five you have that's to be huge it's usually a number like it's usually like you have to be like around top five for each well, field thing. to I mean, win usually, the championship i mean if you look at all the championship all the, M- the championship teams i think it's like maybe one that was like a Shaq and kobe lakers team that wasn't top 10 in defense yeah but pretty much every team that wins the title was top 10 in defense yeah. well i think that and then that thing with that too is i guess once those teams once those te- like that Shaq and kobe team got to the playoffs maybe they turned it up which is like like i said right. the clippers are right now lower than the Lakers are, but um, I, and, I can't judge defensive. that. Exactly, I can't but judge you know that, that once once you get into the playoffs, when you put out a lineup of Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, you know Montrez Harrell and uh, Harkless, oh or whoever gosh. else you know your fifth guy is going to be, that's that's going to be a de- extremely Paul George great and Kawhi, defensive yeah, lineup. going hard. I mean, even Kawhi looked a little. He looked, looked just a little bit banged up. No, I'm saying in the finals last year, yeah. he still had a little bit of this, that like kind of herky-jerky game where he's, yeah. he would slow it down and everyone just re- would react to him. I mean, it was, it's very weird, but obviously he just has that command over But I think game. what's been, why he's been so great is because he's able to, you like he knows what he can do and where he, like with the spots he can get on the floor. And it just almost like, it, it surprises the the defender when he does yeah. certain moves and like he just hits those mid range shots. I mean, I credit, he doesn't really need to have his full hundred percent athleticism to yeah. be a great player in the NBA. I mean, I credit so much of that though to the Spurs. Like, just hit. I mean, this is my like. He is like the, the you know the poster child of like this whole load management thing, which I feel like is going to start becoming more of a thing as the players. You know, they realize okay, listen, I don't care about when if once they say I don't care about winning. You know, individual team or player awards. I don't care about the you know winning more regular season wins. I want to, um, I want to win in the playoffs, and they start focusing more on their health. I feel like this is gonna become more of a thing. And look at Kawhi. He's the you know he's the one leading this charge. And he look who he came from. The Spurs. Who I remember you know as as kids, Alex. We uh, we were looking forward to watching. I mean, the Spurs play the Heat. It must have been like twenty twelve or no, it was twenty. It was the twenty thirteen season before we played them in the finals, and. 
<laughs> Greg Popovich got fined because he sent Tony Parker, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and D- Tim Duncan home. Yeah, right? I like, that. and that's that, guess and what? Ka- Kawhi was on that team and he was twenty one years old. Right? Kawhi's mm-hmm. looking at this team and th- that's how he was brought up in this yeah. league and he understands very much, you know, the importance of you know having that, you know, having health come playoff time. Yeah. Um, so then, and then wrapping yeah. up just the, that fourth takeaway, the Lakers, you know, being a regular season team. Like I said, I mentioned, you know, how they're the third best offense, fifth best defense. I think those are great stats, but I also think the fact that right now Anthony Davis looks like he's on pace to be the defensive player of the year. Um, and the fact that I still think LeBron could be the best player during the playoffs. Um, well, listen, it's, that's it's gonna about give that them the edge. And it also, I think if you look at the two, top two guys, who would you want? If, you, if right now you said you have a team in the playoffs, who would you want to lead you? It's LeBron or Kawhi. I don't, depending on the person, they might change. But those are the two guys, which For is sure. why it's actually so excited, exciting that we have these two teams on a uh, collision course in the Western Conference Both in Finals. LA. With the, you know, the two LA teams, the LeBron oh versus gosh, Kawhi, awesome. which we've seen in the finals before. And then just those right. two guys going back and forth. Right. But I actually do think that they have a good shot, yeah. obviously. And really um, quick on the Lakers. I think, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're beating all these bad teams because right now they're 20-3, and three, which is they have a great record so far. But people have been critical, a little bit critical of their um, of their of their record, or I'm sorry, of the teams they've been playing. But now I think coming up, they got a five game Eastern road trip. They're playing the Magic, the Heat, the Hawks, the Pacers, and the Bucks all away. So five games on the road. If you know the two ones that I highlight on that are the Heat and the Bucks. I want to see what they do in those games. You know, if if the they're Bucks, getting that's a good one. if they get trounced by the Bucks, I mean, th- I think that would be very telling. And also, then they return home for Denver who they just beat on the road. They beat Utah and Denver in a back-to-back away, which looks great. But then the, I think the biggest test of the season they will be those. on on Christmas, they're going to play the Clippers. And listen, like I said, we can't judge the Clippers in the, in the regular season. You know, you, we, can't, we have to take it out with a grain of salt. But I think if both teams are at full strength, you know, they're going to be on national television on Christmas Day. Hopefully, like, that'll be a very telling game to see, you know, we can gauge where they stack up against mm-hmm. each other, where the matchups lie, and, you know, who's a little bit, uh, who might have the slight edge over yeah. the other one. All right, number five, and number six come a bit hand in hand. It's, uh, these are our two Texas teams. Number five, I got Doncic and Dallas are contenders, and six, Harden and Houston are pretenders. Let's start, start with, with Dallas, yeah. I'll start with Dallas, number five, um... I'm loving right now just what I'm seeing from Luka Doncic. I think everyone is, man. I, I'll I'll spoil my uh, my MVP my MVP picks uh, for our later segment. It's Luka so far, in my opinion. I think he's been the MVP. You know, something that's crazy to think about. You know, me and Alice have been watching basketball since we were what ten or nine or ten, Whatever. and looking at. Luka Doncic, I mean, like, we always look up to the players, like, oh, LeBron, you know, when, when he came to Miami, he was 25 years old, he's so much older than us, all these players are in their 20s and 30s, Luka Doncic is literally 11 months older than me, like, that's insane that he, what he's doing right now is, is just absurd, and right now he's, he just broke this record for the most game straight of having at least uh, 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists, okay, so it's not averaging that throughout games, but it's having at least reaching those benchmarks um, and in, in a game. And he's done it. Tonight, he just broke the record who was, that was held by Michael Jordan. Um, well, I should that, know. It's not, it wasn't the record. I was, was, was going to say, from players since, 19, since the merger in 1976. Because Oscar Robertson holds that record. Well, say, yeah, say the record. What's the record? But the record is um, it's 18 games. And now, Luka just broke it and has 19 18 games straight. You didn't say what it was. I did say what it was. Oh. <laughs> in 19 games straight. Of 20 points, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds at least uh, in the game. So, 
to me, it's crazy to think about because you see Westbrook has a streak of it, 17 games, or and then he did it 16 games, both in 2015, and uh, he did it also in the 2017-18 season. And LeBron had one of 15 straight games. But like a guy like LeBron, who's averaged for his career 27.7 rebounds and 7 assists, uh, you feel like his streak, he'd be, he'd be holding, you know, he'd be the leader I of the like streak. at least 20 games. But now we got a 20-year-old guy. Luka's not even legally able to, to drink an alcoholic mm-hmm. beverage in the United States. And he just broke a record that he broke LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Michael Jordan, you know, record for this. So I think he's been awesome. And right now, the fact that they're a two seed is insane. Coming into the year, you know, me and Alex talked a lot about the teams that we thought would, you know, sneak barely in, sneak yeah. into the playoffs. You know, maybe the Spurs just because of their coaching. Maybe the Kings because of their young core. If Zion came back, maybe it'd be the Pelicans because I like their roster a lot. But one team I told Alex I thought was going to make it was the Mavericks. But And I was right, but I was right for the wrong reasons. I thought Luka was going to be great. I thought he would level up. But I thought Chris Stapps would be as well. And I thought it would kind of be 50% Luka being great, 50% Chris Stapps being great. But in reality, it looks more like 90%, 10%. I mean, I honestly credit 90% of this Dallas Mavericks team to Luka Doncic right now. And they're the number two seed right behind the Lakers in the Western Conference. Right? Yeah, I'd say that's probably pretty accurate as far as, you know, Luka's him getting credit for their success. Um, although... I will say I actually don't. I would actually disagree with that takeaway. I don't know if they're. I don't know if I would say they're contenders. I think they'll make the playoffs, which I think is a, is a win for them. Last year they were in the lottery. Even this year they were in the lottery. They didn't have their pick, obviously. Um, but they were in the lottery the past two years. And then when you get when Luca makes this unreal jump, and then you get Chris Porzingis and your other players start to fit in more. You have the, you know the Jalen Brunsons, the Seth Currys, the Maxi Klebers, whatever, or Kleber, I think is it's pronounced. Um, you know, they're, they're looking good, and it's definitely a big jump for them. Uh, this is 16-6, and six is, a, is and them being the two-seed is something I Well, if I they won tonight, they're, they're 17-6. and six Yeah, or whatever it is. We'll but I think, I, think, I think we'll see them right, as so, the season goes on. We'll, they'll, they'll kind of come back so to Earth. They'll fall have, back to Earth. So Lakers, Clippers, are, let's say, are the two teams we think are the best in the West right now. Who do you got number three? Because I'm not putting the are Rockets. Are we talking about the playoffs? I'm talking about, I'm not talking about who's going to end up seeding. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just saying, you know... Bet just best basketball team, like at full strength, healthy in the playoffs. Do like my answer is the Denver Nuggets. You have the Nuggets over the Mavericks. I do. All right, so in the playoffs, it matters. You know the play. You know Nuggets which, are a good team. It matters that you, who the best player. I'll take the best player on the floor, right? And that's who the Mavericks are gonna have against every team except. When they go against Kawhi and the Clippers, and when they go against LeBron and the Lakers. So right well, now, truthfully, I'm taking the Mavericks over the Nuggets. The Nuggets were, were young last year, and they went seven games in the first round with the San Antonio Spurs, who are a seventh seed. Dude, that was, well, the, honestly, that probably helps my point, because the reason that we saw that happen, I think, is because that was a team that, uh, that was a young Denver team that for the first time was in the playoffs, and they were going against, like, a pretty veteran squad with... Uh, with you know, as in in the Spurs, so I think if who, who, I mean, if we wait, excuse me, if we if we see the Mavericks make it to the playoffs, they're definitely going to be a team that will have some growing pains. And the, 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 it's not even an issue. Luka's like Luca's 20, twenty years old. Like they're going to he's going to be twenty. If I could bet right now, I'd say he's going to win a couple MVPs, couple championships, whatever throughout his career. Hopefully, not yeah, going to work. Twenty more years, but. This is not their year, and this doesn't have to be their year. But I, I just so I would disagree with that take. But the question That's fine. is, fine. It's not their me, year, but I think they're better than every team in the West, other than the Lakers and Clippers. To go on a little tangent, I think that the question you asked me about who do you see after the Lakers and Clippers, I think that really just illuminates the fact that the West versus the East is actually it's usually you think oh the West is so much or you know the past we've seen the West be so much better. 
I think right now it's definitely that's not the case. But not only that, I think the West is just is more top heavy because if you look at the I teams, think both, both both conferences are top heavy though. I, I disagree because I think once if you, you look, pass the eight seed in, in how the many, East, who, who's that good? How many teams would you be surprised if they made the finals in the East versus in the West? I think in the East, I could see the Bucks making it, but like because they didn't make it last year too, like I wouldn't write them in as a lock. Like, I could see like. I could see the Celtics sneaking in. I could see the Sixers. I could see the Raptors. You could see the Heat. Maybe not the Raptors actually, but I, th- I could see like other teams making it. I'm gonna be honest. In the in the in the West, I only see two teams. It's gonna it's Lakers or Clippers to me. There's there's no other team that's gonna make that could. Okay, I so I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, final. I would say their their top teams are better, but I wouldn't call that top heavy. As in like, there's a few teams up. Like to me, the East and the West are both top heavy because I think the five team, the f- top five teams in each conference are just so much better than every other team. Like, I think there's a huge drop-off from, yeah. you know, from the top 10 teams in the league, which is five in the East and the five in the West. And I think it's actually six if you look at six each because the six seeds in each are the, are the Jazz and then yeah, the Pacers. Yeah, I, I want to count the Jazz, but, you know, they, they have a few. They have 10 losses right now. They're 13 and 10. They're three games above 500. You know, I, I like them, but they've, been, they've dropped a few games recently. They're, they're five and five in their last 10 games. Yeah. And then, you know, Indiana and Brooklyn – you know I like, but not Brooklyn. But they, they don't have they don't have the star that I think you need that all the other teams have, right? Even Toronto, you know, Toronto, Denver both got Siakam Ooh. and Jokic. Respectively. Wait till Aladipo comes back. So if Aladipo comes back and he's the you know the number one guy, you know, undisputedly on that team, then I could oh, I could see is. I could see putting them in. But right now they're not a team that I uh, think is is in the top five. Yeah. But like I was saying, I do think, you know, maybe you could see that the Clippers and Lakers are a little more, you know beatable or they're, they're, I'm sorry they're less beatable than you're saying the Bucks are I guess in, in, the, in the east but I might say it's kind of equal I think the Bucks sure the Bucks should be as that, yeah. favored to make it out of the east as the Lakers and the Clippers are that, that that's fair like if you like I think truthfully the only teams I could see winning the title at all are the Lakers Clippers and the Bucks but then as far as the other teams in those two conferences I would just say the east is better anyway yeah. on to number six or six takeaway John already said it Harden and the Houston and Houston Rockets are pretenders. Um, so currently, the Houston Rockets are fifteen and seven. Unless they might have a game right now, but whatever. Fifteen and seven, um, and they sit as at the a number, few hours ago. Yeah, they sit uh, at the number at the number four seed in the West, which is not bad. It's good, you know. They're behind only the Lakers, Clippers, and the Mavericks. The three teams that I think are better than them. Okay, um, and the reason I would say I think they're pretenders is based on what I've seen them do in the past and what the way their the, the play style, in my opinion, I just think I've already seen this best iteration of, you know, this type of team, this brand of basketball. And that was the 2018 Rockets, the team that had Chris Paul and Harden, along with Ariza, PJ Tucker, and, you know, Clint Capella. Um, and they had most of the same team. However, I just think Chris Paul, the difference between Chris Paul and Westbrook on this team I think it really does mean something. And in the in the regular season, you have Harden and Westbrook. Like they're gonna get you wins. They're gonna they're gonna win games. Obviously, they're gonna put up stats. They're gonna they're gonna look good. They're gonna be a good regular season team. We just talked about you know regular they're season. They're gonna look playoffs. good individually, which I'll get to in a yeah. sec. But they're gonna they're gonna be a good regular season team. But once you get to the playoffs, I just think the fact that Russell Westbrook has it's really mind boggling. Like, he's lost his jump shot um, in the last couple of years, and the fact that. He is not an outside threat. Is gonna harm them in the playoffs when the games tend to slow down and when you just, it's more of a you know chess match between the coaches and you can make certain adjustments. Like 
Well, they're um, gonna expose that weakness. They're, exactly. They're gonna. And that's they're, when. That's what other teams will do in the playoffs. And but so I just think other teams are gonna are gonna expose them. And Harden is just not gonna be able to to Superman them the way he can in the in the regular season and do that into the playoffs and that equal success for them. Well, so it's just a live by the shot, die by the shot. It's like live by Harden, die by Harden, and th- that loss against the Spurs, which. We actually we need to stop really quick and take a detour for a second. How absurd! I mean, we've never seen a story like this where <laughs> Harden dunked the ball in the mid. So so it was towards the uh, the end of the game, third, it was the yeah. third or fourth quarter. He dunks the ball, but the ball like s- swung out of the net in a weird way. So it really looked it like looked, he didn't make it. Looked, it looked like he missed it. But Harden didn't know that he made it either. The refs didn't, and the other players went grabbed the rebound and played it. So now the heart they now no, I think Harden did. Houston no, was up fifteen at this point. No, Harden didn't because Harden chased the rebound. Uh, if you look at the play, so now not, so now uh, Houston's up fifteen. Right, they blow a fifteen point lead. They lose to the Spurs, and now they just filed a grievance. They filed a complaint to the league where they want to play the remaining seven minutes and fifty seconds of the game, yeah. um, and <laughs> against the Spurs, you know, to, to have that back, yeah. to have, so they can have a chance of that win back, which. I think it's just, I think it's ridiculous because one with seven, yeah, with eight minutes left in the game, you choked away the game to the Spurs, lead, yeah. a fifteen point lead. That's one. Two, I feel like they they missed that. They 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 thought they missed the dunk too. Like like why why well, wasn't it addressed then no, and there? No, no. Well, here's the thing. Now we have all they, these like. I'm pretty sure they looked at the, the replay. replay rules. I was I was just, well, I was just gonna say is my the, my two well, takeaways I mean, from so that confused. is like is like you know it's ridiculous that the Rockets. I feel like the, the Rockets are a team who. Are just like always playing the victim card, like between you know them losing to the Warriors a couple the past well, listen, two years. I'll, I'll then, give them credit when you know when they like no. listen playing the Warriors versus the Spurs in the regular season is a lot different. Sure, sure, but anyway, I just think they're a team in general that plays tries to play the victim card. Like you choked away a fifteen point lead, but at the same time, <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how. Like in in the twenty first century, it's twenty. It's almost twenty. The year twenty twenty. We have re- video replays. We have all these things. The refs there's, always I stop mean, games just to look three, at. Doesn't matter what floor. it is. They'll look at anything just to replay it and make sure you get the right call. How do you not just go like look and see? It's so clear when you watch that. Obviously, it was a dunk. It went I, through. I, the I hoop, think that's. But you know? the thing is, like watching it live, I think the coaches, the players, I think they just, I think they all thought it was a miss and they just played it. And I don't know. I think it's no. the most absurd thing. I haven't seen a story like it. But okay. But getting back to it, they end up losing that game. And it's just such a symbolic <laughs> loss for, for the Rockets. Harden with a 50-point game and Westbrook with a triple-double. If you look at that box score, if I told you, Alex, Harden dropped 50 tonight and Russ had a triple-double, you're going to think, oh, yeah, they probably won the game. Yeah, but it just goes to true. show you that, you know, these, these two players who are very much, um, I'm not going to say they're solely like individual stack guys. They're, they're, they're MVPs. You know, they both made it to the finals um, when they were together. And I think they're great players. But they're, you know, they're, they're, I don't want to say they're more concerned with stats. Westbrook has been criticized in his career for, you know, stat padding and arguing with, you know, the, the, the stat takers about, you know, at, he, they, they missed a rebound that he grabbed or, you know, whatever it is. And I just think, you know, both these guys who are huge stat guys, you know, it kind of takes away partly from, you know, the team aspect of the game. And, and they, they lost the game in which... You know, one of them had a triple double, and one of them had a fifty point yeah. game, which is a great individual perf- performance. Well, the more important stat of that night <laughs> is that they this, those two guys combined for eighteen, or excuse me, they combined to shoot eighteen for sixty eight um, from the field, which is so, like twenty five percent. Harden, oh, and that horrible. it was just such a weird game between you know that the dunk that was missed between the Spurs being a team that's not having been that great and then competing with a great team in the Rockets, um, and then. 
what was so interesting to me was Harden shot 11 for 38. He shot 38 shots, but he shot, he got to the free throw line 24 times and made it was 24 for 24. So if you're going to go 11 for 38, you know, the only reason, the only way you're going to get to those 50 points is if you shoot um, or if you make 24 free throws. Which, listen, he, that's, that's one of his biggest skills, but, oh, yeah. you know, again, like you just said, Alex, I think this is one of the reasons we're calling them pretenders is, you know, they're not looking as great as they were with, you know, Chris Paul. I think we think Westbrook might be a downgrade for this system, but, you know, they are, they are going to be a great team. You know, come playoff time, I hope they can prove themselves. Last year, they had the chance to do it. KD got injured, and Harden didn't show up, you know, for those last two games they had. And, um, but yeah, like, uh, really quickly before we move on to the next one, um, I just think that, like you said, you highlighted the inefficiency. They shot 26% combined in that game, and that's the reason they choked away a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter. Um, all right, so number seven, our seventh takeaway. Kyrie Irving has very high Ewing theory potential. So just for those of you who don't know, I'm going to explain Ewing theory. Um, Ewing theory alludes to, um, you know, the 1999 season where Patrick Ewing was injured um, for, on the, New York for the New York Knicks. Yet that team, as an eight seed, without Patrick Ewing, their best player, made it to the finals, um, to the NBA Finals, and lost to the Spurs. So Ewing theory is, you know, essentially saying uh, a player that when they're not on their team, the team is actually better. And so, Alex, why don't you tell us the reasons why Kyrie right now is, is looking like very high Ewing theory potential? Yeah. So first, shout out to Bill Simmons. That's his uh, his theory that he yeah. created for in the his basketball book. Bill Simmons. Um, but anyway, the reason he, it's very clear that. Kyrie is, uh, there's this little Ewing, Ewing theory going on with him. Um, last year, he was on the Boston Celtics. And this year, he left the Celtics. Oh. <laughs> and what we've seen is the Celtics have, you know, had seen some addition uh, through subtraction. They got rid of Kyrie, and they're looking even better than they did without him. Uh, obviously, they have Kemba now, but... It's mostly the same team, and it's and it's not even like we're seeing Hayward come back because you know Hayward wasn't with them, he wasn't really with them at full strength the last two seasons. Now he's he's really good this season, but Hayward's been injured too, so it's not like we've seen Hayward come back, and that's the reason they're good. I think, and like anyone, I think if you ask anyone, who's better, Kemba or Kyrie, everyone's gonna Kyrie's take Kyrie. Kyrie's the best. No, I mean, he's it's, incredible. There's no I doubt. Like, well, There's no doubt. However. Kyrie's left the Celtics, and now that team is better. And now, you know, moving to his, his current team, the Nets are now 4-1 and one in their last five games without Kyrie. Um, well, they, no, they played more games without they more, him. They played more games without right, him. Right now, they're 13-10. When Kyrie left, they were under 500. Yeah, they were under 500. And now, now they're 13 back and 10. Above. With Spencer Dinwiddie running the point, right? Instead yeah, of Kyrie and today or... they beat the Nuggets, who I just said I think is they're right. probably they're the third-best team in the West. Team. That's a really good team, and you beat them without Kyrie Irving? Like, how does it make sense? You know? Yeah, um, so that's a, I think it's a classic Ewing Theory uh, example. theme that we got this going this year. All Number eight, Chris Paul is untradeable. Um, so in 2018, he signed that massive four year, 160 million contract, um, for the Rockets, Ew. <laughs> which uh, he did that at age, uh, I don't think must've been like 32 Chris Paul age. What? He's 34. So he did that when he was 32, but the only, which, which right. mean that that contract would take him to his, I just, to, to the point where he was, um, 36. 37, because I think this year he's going to turn 35, but that was two years ago. Anyway, so the, he's untradeable because, you know, he signed that contract that was going to be giving him $40 million as he's a declining 
player into his late 30s. But the, the reason that he really uh, he created this destiny for himself is because when the collecting, collective bargaining agreement was you know, renegotiated a couple of years ago, he was one of the only players who had a say in you know, anything that you could yeah, he's put in the it. Because he's the, 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 the president of the Players Association. Um, and what had happened was, <laughs> so in an article that, um, that Rob Mahoney wrote for The Ringer, this is, this is just a good way to put it, the most conspicuous bit of negotiation came by changing the over 36 rule, a provision that made it more difficult for teams to sign veterans to longer contracts stretching beyond their 36th birthday to an over 38 rule, just in time for Paul to take advantage of the, of the age of 32 wow. with a four-year, 159.7 <laughs> million smart. contract. So making good, making good decisions if for, we, the, for the if players' we, union. Exactly. If this, but if, anyway, if this... Um, you know, little provision wasn't made to the collective bargaining agreement, Chris Paul wouldn't have signed that massive, untradeable contract. And, you know, we would have probably seen him sign something smaller, maybe a short-term I mean, he could be, there's so many teams that could want to trade for him right now. For sure, and he's, right now, he's just screwed. He's stuck, he's stuck in OKC, which is a team that's, I would say definitely not gonna make the playoffs. Even though, like, if you look on, on I mean, they're like a ten seed. They're they're, they'll they're be solid. They're I mean, a team they with compete. good players. They just don't. They compete every night. The team doesn't really make that much sense, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so I think he's untradeable, and he kind of created that own destiny for himself. Not only by signing that massive contract, getting you know forty million when he's going to be thirty eight, but or thirty seven, whatever. Um, but obviously that little provision in the CBA that I, he helped. I just think create. like as a team. I, I cannot understand I cannot understand justifying that deal. So he's thirty two. You know he's playing you know, Chris Paul's a great basketball player right now, thirty two years old, right? What, you know, at the time. He's thirty four now, but at the time you're saying like this is a fact. Chris Paul's a great basketball player. But obviously he's on the decline. Thirty three, thirty four, thirty five. He gets older, thirty six, thirty seven. And the way the deal works, he makes more money every year. It's the same way with the John Wall deal. And like I get it when it's like, let's say in three years from now, Tyler Hero's a stud at age 22 and the Miami Heat signed him a five-year contract where at age 27, he's making the most money, you know, of the five-year deal. Instead, this year, you're, you're paying Chris Paul, a player who's playing at his peak at age 32, and you're playing him and you're, you're, you're paying him and you're, gonna, you're telling him that he's going to make the most money once he's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. I just think what team is, one team wants a 37-year-old you know, worth guy who's taking $40 million off your, off your salary. Like, is he going to finish his career? It, in it just makes no sense. And you know, another guy who's in a similar position right now is Kevin Love, who's making a lot of money. I think his deal is a little shorter, but he's making a lot of money. And the thing is, I don't know, you know, who's going to be able to trade for him because who's going to want to take on that salary cap. Yeah. And then really quick, I just don't, I, I, on that, you know, that contract idea, I don't get it either. The, like, why does it happen where we see those contracts just go up every single year? I, wouldn't it make more sense for Chris Paul as a 32-year-old to make the bulk of that money from that for that contract in his first two years and then it go down? Like, for example, the only time I've seen this is Aaron Gordon recently signed a contract. It was, it was a four-year deal where it was like $20 million, Then the next year he's going to make – he made – this year he's making 19 then 18 and then it's going to be 16 It's the only time I've seen that where it he goes down. That, he didn't want that money in advance. Yeah, well, it, just, it makes more sense yeah. to me. Like, you, you expect a player – I mean, maybe not for Aaron Gordon, who's – He's you're, young. He, well, he should exactly. be going up. You'd assume that a younger player, their trajectory of town is going to be going up. But, like, for a guy who's in his late 30s, you'd think it'd be going down. Yeah. So, John, I actually right, want to hear you, you say this Fine. next this next I'll, takeaway, number nine, our ninth well, takeaway. Listen, Alex is the one who said this one. This is number nine. I'm <laughs> quoting Alex. Well, well, I, I want John to say it because – 
the blasphemy that you spewed no, last time. No, I was speak facts. Melo ain't washed. That's not my <laughs> takeaway. Okay, fine. You want you no? Know, you want to say it? he's not washed up anymore? Okay, he's, he's not, not washed. washed. He was though. What do you mean he <laughs> was? Right now, Right he's now, not. Listen, if he's not, he was he's never, playing well for you can't them. He was. And I said this on the show. I said this a few weeks ago. I said, Melo, signing Melo was a fine deal for uh, the Blazers to make. You know, it was a, it was a low risk, uh, you know, a high reward situation for him. They sign him. Worst case scenario, he doesn't play well. All right, you bench him. Best case scenario, he plays well. All right, you sign him to a contract for the rest of the season. And look, he's doing well. He's playing better than Mario Hazonia. And congratulations, <laughs> Melo. You hear that? I'm clapping for you. You got a player of the week award. Congrats. Thank you, John, for congratulating him. I just want to, you know, give give some stats to illustrate uh, why Melo is not, in fact, washed. Um, so, in the, this is a little five-game uh, stat thing where before before this Lakers game where they the Blazers, you know, got slapped by the Lakers. Before that, Melo was at, in those five previous games, Melo was averaging 19.2 points and 6.8 rebounds on 51% shooting from the field and 46% shooting from behind the arc. Portland was 4-1 and one in those five games. I mean, you Listen, just love to see it. You just love great. to see it. I'm happy for you, Melo. You're back in the league. I am too, man. You, you signed, guess what? This is the team that wanted you a few years ago, but you, you thought you were too good for them and you didn't sign with them. So that's great. I'm glad you're with them now. And... Uh, well, he you know, he didn't. He didn't look like this. In, he didn't look like this in Houston. That's all I'm gonna say. Congratulations, Melo. Dude, lastly, Houston scapegoat him. All right, whatever. No, we're not getting into this. <laughs> lastly, number ten from our top ten takeaways for the through the first twenty games of the season, the New York Knicks still stink. Who we actually talked about this last week um, about them firing their coach, potentially doing it. Fizdale was on the hot seat, and they just fired him. And uh, he was a former assistant coach to Eric Spolcher on the Miami Heat um, coaching staff. He should be an NBA coach. He's, he's an Listen, NBA coach. I'm man. happy. I, I love he Fizz. Coach in this league. Love Coach Fizz, and I'm glad that they fired him. I'm glad he's gone. He's out of that situation. But I Me wanted too. to read this quote from uh, Greg Popovich, which I think Greg Popovich, you know, he's a very well spoken uh, guy. And when he, when he, you know, he, he only speaks on things when uh, he has something good to say. So I'll just read this quote about it. Um, I don't know where the decision was made to fire Coach Fisdale, but if it came from the top, it's a case of mistaken identity. He's a fine, talented young coach with a great pedigree, and it's ridiculous to think you're going to bring a young guy in after being there a minute and a half. You expect him to fix everything that's been wrong there for a long time. That's pretty unfair. So it's the old analogy. He got thrown under the bus. He'll come out of it because he's a great coach. So the thing is here, you know, just like Popovich said, I think he's Love it. perfectly. Love it, Pop. Yeah, I appreciate Sean Pop. Yeah, man. I think he, you know, he said it perfectly. This team is just a horrible situation. Their their front office is bad. You know, they're just oh, they're just bad. And you know, the the <laughs> roster they put together for him was atrocious. You know, um, here. So this this is from Saturday night. Uh, the Knicks players have a new coach, but the New York front office and ownership is not showing up, right? So this is an article from, uh, from this weekend. The decision makers of the New York Knicks are ghosting their team. So the, uh, the Knicks players, um, you know, are reaching out and, uh, both of their, I'm sure it's Mills and, um, I can forget. Steve, Steve Mills, Mills GM. and Scott Perry. No, right. GM is Scott Perry both of them and after, the president is Steve Mills. After firing David Fillsdale, they didn't have a press conference, so... You know, they're, they're just cowards. They're hiding. Like, what are you hiding from? You guys are running a team poorly, and you have a great young coach, and you fire him because, guess what? The roster stinks. He wasn't going to win games with them. Yeah, and just on that really quick, we, I, you know, I'm obviously always going to defend Fisdale. 
not just because he used to be on the Heat, but I know he's a good coach. I don't think he should ever have gotten fired from Memphis. Um, and I think he was put in a, in a position to fail. He he was literally given a heaping pile of garbage, and when you know he didn't turn it into what? You know, what happened a to KD and Kyrie? I yeah, thought, exactly. I thought they were gonna get Zion. I what mean, happened? <laughs> they signed fourteen power forwards this summer. <laughs> And that's probably, like, the least important position in today's NBA. At this point, everyone's playing small ball. You don't need Taj well, Gibson. I mean, you don't need, you know. Listen, if it's Anthony Davis, it's one thing. But they weren't signing exactly. Anthony Davis. Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson. Like, four guys who, like. I mean, they, how about he signed? They, they signed. They gave him. It's a completely young team with no veteran leadership. Well, <laughs> Who I mean, do you think, think their leader is in the, in the uh, locker room? No, you know? I, th- I think, you know, Morris. Morris is old. He's the older guy. Which surprisingly, he's, you know, he is. Um, you know, he is averaging the most points on their team right now, which we did not expect. But mm-hmm. I, I think, listen, they're young guys. I think Mitch Robinson, that's looking great. That's that, you know, RJ Barrett looks like he can become good in the future. I think those two guys, like that, that when you look at as a Knicks fan, like those are two things you can be hopeful for. But other than that, I mean, it, it's really sad how atrocious their front office is. Yeah. All right. So we got, you know, we just went through our, our 10 takeaways. But um, moving along, our MVP ladder, really quick. Alex has his pick. I'm going to throw, throw my pick for the MVP, and we're going to talk about a few more guys. Um, like I Luka. said, Lu- I got Luca right now. And MVP, I think, he, I think if we had to vote today, I, I do think he'd win the vote because MVP is about the narrative, right? So look about Le- Lamar Jackson's season right now. You know, uh, Luca is young and he's exciting, and the voters and fans, you know, like seeing the new blood with the new story, right? And that and that's kind of what Lamar's going through right now. You know, it's, he's new and he's exciting, and that he's likable. And I think Luca's the same way. Uh, you know, if he can take them to a top five seed, which right now they're number two in the Western Conference, but if he can take them to a top five seed, you know, with their mediocre roster, you know, and he's doing that at age twenty, he's going to turn twenty one in February. I think that's easily, you know, a reason for him to be. Um, to be the uh, MVP right now. And right now, what's absurd is, you know, right now his P- his PER is the second best of all time. All time. Which, surprisingly right now, the number the first one of all yeah, time is Giannis The real MVP. No. <laughs> it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. But, um, you know, play, PER is player efficiency rating, which uh, measures, you know, a, like a lot, it takes a lot of stats into account and their efficiency. And um, right now, you know, you look at the best, um, PRs in NBA history. It's Will Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, LeBron, you know, Steph Curry, right? It's, it's all these great players. And right now, number one and two leading um, that category, all-time history, is Giannis and Luka. Yeah. But guess what? Luka's doing it to me. He's looking at age 20, and he's doing it with the worst team. And it's incredible. Well, I think the fact that he's age 20 doesn't factor into whether or not he should be the MVP, you know? That's, that's more well, Like I said, it's about us. the narrative, and it will factor into the voters. They're going to the do it. And, and I listen, know Giannis we, won an MVP last year. And listen, people just want the new next thing. And they're, okay, Giannis, he's, he's, he's awesome. We get it. They, they, they want the new next thing. And I think, I think voters are going are gonna to do that. They're well, gonna I'm, not, I'm not going to say what I think the voters are going to vote for. I'm going to say who I think actually is the MVP. I know that the narrative can take control of, you know, the vote where we saw it with Westbrook as like, you know, he averaged that triple-double that year. Which is the Harden, first time ever. Harden might have actually Robinson. been a better player, but... Right. It doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, I'll definitely disagree with that. Luka's having an incredible year, and people want to jump and say he's the MVP. He's up there. No doubt. I would say he's top two or three probably right now um, for MVP, uh, you know, just this this way into the season. Um, but people are forgetting he's also the most improved player this season. I don't think I've heard one person say Luka for, you know, most improved. Everyone's Luka for MVP. 
But I mean, yeah, um, I guess we've never seen a player win both. But yeah, that, that, that's, that special. that's how special he is. He leveled up so much from what, when he was 18, he turned 19 last Or no, I'm sorry, he was 19, mm-hmm. he turned 20 last year, and now he's going to be 20, turning 21, and he's nearly averaging the triple-double, which, yeah. you know, like we said, you know, st- we don't care about chasing those stats, but what he's doing is incredible for his team. And his about, PER is very high. And yeah. He's taking them to a number two seed right now. He's winning He's winning games with this team that, you know, like I said earlier in the show, Chris Stapps, you know, I thought he'd be a lot much better than he is, but it's really 90% Luka how good this team is right now. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of leveling up, the real MVP from the first fourth of the season has to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, last year, Giannis was the MVP, averaging 28, 12.5 rebounds, or nearly 28, it was 27.7, um, 12.5 rebounds and 6 assists. He, he took the Bucks, that Bucks team to 60 games, which was a team that not, no one saw being good going into the season which I think definitely contributed to his MVP case. But after a fourth of the season, after 23 games, this year, he's, his numbers are even better. He's scoring 30, He's averaging 31 points a game, 13 rebounds, and five assists, which is uh, you know, one assist lower than last year. But their team without you know, Brogdon and with you know, some injuries and their middle I team I do think it's a been, better roster than Mavis roster, though. Yeah, for sure. They're they're a better roster, but I'm just saying compared to last season, I think and the, the Bucks the Bucks are not as good as they were last year. Giannis is even better. And, you know, you wanna pull out <coughs> excuse me, you wanna pull out the PR argument. Giannis is number one all time right now. I mean, obviously, who knows whether that will right. sustain it's itself. It's an average over players. the first twenty games. But right now, if if the season ends today, Giannis would have the best single season PER. Of all time. It really is great. Above Chamberlain, Will Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, LeBron. The fact that these guys are doing it in the same season, like, I mean, has that ever happened? I mean, we got Wilt in 63, Wilt in 62, LeBron in 09. I mean, no, there's there's never been two guys doing it in the same year. Like, it it really is, it really is uh, insane. And, you know, I I definitely think, listen, if someone's voting for Giannis, I'm not knocking him. Because my personal vote would be with Luca right now, but I think it's just so exciting for these two these two guys who are you know from you know from out of, outside of America coming into yeah. the nat- you know Jeez. to the American Basketball Association right and just balling and I think this is all lining up for hopefully the the Bucks underperform and listen I want Giannis in Miami but if it doesn't happen if we see you know this international super team with Luca Giannis and Kristaps Porzingis not happening in Dallas in not happening of, the Mavericks are gonna go after him we know it's oh, gonna so happen oh so will the Heat so will the Nets so will every team and listen he wants to be loyal and stay with the Bucks. okay before we finish safe picks John who you got All right. safe pick of the week there safe was a lot of, of the week. there was a lot of good picks com- coming next week I usually like going with the Monday night game which I could I could take the Giants plus nine and a half at the Eagles, but I don't really trust them. The Eagles did just lose to the Dolphins, which makes me think, all right, a team like the Giants, like we, just, the Dolphins, we just beat them. If the Giants are, you know, keep in mind the Giants have Eli coming back. Oh, exactly. You know, but Eli coming back, I don't know. I think the the Eagles, you know, they they should be able to handle that one. I also looked at the Pats minus eleven against at the Bengals. But I essentially am going to settle for, I'm going to go with Thursday night game. I'm going to take the Ravens. This is a big one. Minus 14 and a half versus the Jets. So they're going to be at home playing the Jets. They absolutely annihilated the, the LA Rams last Monday night football. I think they're going to do the same thing. And they're going to win by more than 15 points um, on Thursday night. Alex, who do you got for your safe bet this week? My safe bet, I'm going to have to pick the one you mentioned. I like that Monday night game. Um... 
The Giants plus nine and a half. As much as I would hope the Eagles could just absolutely annihilate the wow. Giants. Because I have... I don't like um, that game. I have Alshon Jeffrey in fantasy and I need him to ball out. Um, I think nine and a half is, is a lot of points. And I think those teams are about the same. Um, so I will say I'll just pick the Giants plus nine and a half. Well, they're not about the same. The Giants have like two wins or something. As of now, like at this point, they're, they're both pretty With funny. Eli coming back, that, that's a stay away game. So thanks for just handing me the win this week, Alex. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Shout out, Eli. He's going he's gonna to come through for me. All right. Thanks, guys. That's, that's all we have time for tonight. Um, thanks for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at DoubleTake underscore uh yeah double take underscore um to stay up to date with our podcast the safe bets and more you know we're gonna be trying to upload it to apple podcast and spotify hopefully that should happen this week Mm -hmm. uh but if we're still on soundcloud that's how you're listening to us thank you so much for listening. listening have a good week good night